Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. If not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. We are... um, we started First Timothy last week, and we're still getting our foothold uh, in First Timothy. We only got to um, really uh, verse one and two really last time, um, and now what we're going to do is we'll drop down uh, through verse seven today. So we're kind of picking up steam a little slow as we started. We took a deep dive into the first couple of verses last uh, last time. Um, going over those things, um, I think as we start today, we'll ask a central question. And the question would be um, centering around being in charge. Have you ever been put in charge of something? Or have you ever, do you ever feel like you're, you're, the, you're the man in charge or the woman who's supposed to be in charge, who's running the show? Um, well, this is what Paul was prepping Timothy for. Timothy was getting ready to be left in the city of Ephesus. This city was probably the biggest city in uh, in Asia Minor. It was a port city on the Aegean Sea. It was big. There was no other city like it. And they had, um, I mean, it's it's sort of a gateway to Europe, and it's a gateway to Asia, a very international city. Um, the temple at Artemis there dwarfed uh, the temples over in Greece. I mean, just that temple alone was massive. I think it was five times as big as um, anything over in Greece. And I think it was one of the wonders of the ancient world. It was, uh, everything about Ephesus was really advanced. I mean, they had shopping areas, they had uh, roads, they had um, malls, and they had they had different outdoor malls. They, they had all these advanced uh, areas to trade, um, very um, high-functioning society. So Timothy's getting ready to be left there. Paul had spent more time in Ephesus, according to McGee, than any other any other uh, missionary journey. Um, this city was a very impactful city. So here's Timothy. He's been following Paul around, and now 
Timothy is getting ready to be left in charge there. And and for me and you, you know, we're not in Ephesus, but you're where you are and somebody else is where they are. I'm where I am. God puts us in places and God's putting us in charge, more or less. God's saying, um, well, I'm putting you down there and I'm letting you be responsible for things. Now, you may not feel like a leader. You may not feel like um, you're an apostle or you may not feel like you're the, the focal point of anything. And you may not even feel like you have leadership ability. But God gives every one of us the capacity to be an example, to represent um, Jesus Christ in some way. So God does give us a charge. God does give us um, a mission and a purpose in life beyond our own mission and a purpose. And so I think as we read First Timothy, we can, we can look at the instructions Paul's giving Timothy with, with that in mind. Uh, McGee sort of says, you know, sometimes when one preacher leaves another preacher in charge, he kind of speaks to that preacher, that younger preacher, um, maybe a little bit differently to sort of prep him for the job. And we're getting this window into what Paul's telling to Timothy in this letter, you know, to kind of prep him for the job too. But it's also prepping us. God uses this letter to speak to us. So we have a personal letter too, just like Timothy's got this personal letter. Paul says, like we said uh, last time in verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. He's saying, look, you know, hey, Tim, you know, Timothy knows Paul. Timothy knows Paul's an apostle. But Paul's, Paul's kind of saying, you know what, Timothy? I'm who I am because of Jesus Christ. And I'm who I am because Christ gave me a charge. He gave me a command. He gave me something that now runs my life. What I do is not really serving my own purposes. What I'm doing is by command of Jesus Christ. So wherever I go, whatever I do, whatever I say, really has a purpose to it. Its purpose is to fulfill that command of Christ, that Christ now uh, is the central purpose of my life. Christ is really why I wake up. Christ is why I walk certain directions and whatever I do, I'm doing it for Christ. I'm not doing it because of my own accord. So Paul really sets that uh, foundation. And Paul's giving that example to Timothy. And Paul's saying to Timothy, if you're representing Christ, if, 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 if you're in charge, if, if this is a charge that you're taking, take it as a charge of a command of, of Jesus Christ. Take it as a command of God to be where you are. You're where you are, and take that as the commandment that God gives you. And if you're somewhere that you feel like you're just unappreciated or misrepresented or 
um, belittled or disrespected or made fun of. That was nothing that, that Paul didn't go through. And Paul's telling Timothy, whatever you're getting ready to get yourself into or feeling like you're getting yourself into, do it as if God's commanding you to do it. And whatever whatever um, chips fall, it may be really hard some days, Timothy. But do it as a commandment of God because the re- reward is from God. You're not just wasting your time out here in Ephesus, or you're not just going to be wasting your time wherever you are or wherever I am. Do it as a commandment of God. That'll give your day a, a stronger sense of purpose than you're just waking up and kind of trying your best and getting made fun of. And, you know, then you feel uncertain and then you feel down about it and, you know, you don't feel good. And then you start letting your faith be a feeling more than a trust in the Word of God. You know, we've said a whole lot of times that faith is not a feeling. I think our culture today sort of has faith that that really is based on feeling rather than a trust in Jesus Christ, rather than a trust of God's will and God's purpose and God's plan. Your faith is a trust. It's much more than how you feel about the day. So no matter how you start your day, start your day, Timothy, with that feeling like you're here by commandment of God. And the things that you say and the things that you do, the things that are going on in your heart every day, really are, should be with acknowledgement of the centrality of God in your life. And we keep saying every day to keep your heart centered on Christ. God wants wants your whole heart. God wants you to follow Him with your whole heart. That's what His purpose is for you. So remember when we were studying back in Jeremiah, and uh, back in chapter 29, he's uh, writing a letter of encouragement to the people who had been in captivity. They're back in Babylon. They had been ripped. The nation had been ripped apart. They had been taken in captivity. Now they're living there, and he and he's basically telling them in this letter that it's okay to go ahead and live there in Babylon. But he's giving them the word of encouragement. Chapter 29, verse 10. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants your whole heart. 
So God's giving this charge to Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by commandment of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. Do you ever feel like you're in charge and and nobody really cares? Or nobody, you don't really know what you're in charge of? Or maybe you say to yourself, I'm not in charge of anything. Everybody's always telling me what to do. Well, God's telling you, no matter where you are, you can be in exile as a captive in Babylon doing all kind of terrible work. You can be the lowest of the lowest of the totem pole. But God has plans. God says He has plans for every single one of us. And it's a, it is a um, personal plan. And it is a charge to be in the body of Christ and to serve the Lord. To fulfill the Word of God. That's what, that's what we're in charge of. Now, of course, being in charge for Timothy meant something a little different. And it is to us today, too. What is being in charge of when nobody really, you know, it's not in charge of anything tangible? Look at Timothy's predicament, okay? Timothy's not a super apostle. He's not a rock star. You know, he says he's been with Paul, so he's, he does have a, a degree of, you know, celebrity, I suppose, uh, I suppose. But he's in charge. He's giving instruction. Okay. Just like you might be in charge of something or instruction. But you're not serving yourself. You're saying, I'm in charge, but I'm serving someone else. You know, you have this charge, and you're not in charge to any elected office. You're not... um, you're not a president of a company. You're not the manager of a company or a business or a facility. So what are, what are you actually in charge of? You walk around and say, well, you're in charge. Every You know, a Christian's in charge of something, but you're not really appointed to anything tangible. Why should anybody care of what you're in charge of? And then you walk around and somebody else is, well, they're in charge too. Are they in charge of more than you're in charge? So God puts us in charge of his gospel. God puts us in charge of his gospel message. And we're in charge as good stewards. Okay? And he says we're stewards uh, over if we when we drop down to verse four, it's in First Timothy. It's a stewardship from God that is by faith. So we're in charge of something. We're stewards. We're stewards of God's word, of God's gospel. We're stewards of our own self. We're stewards of our own faith. And remember, faith is not a feeling. Being in charge is not how you feel that day, and that's how it affects the way you, you lead others. 
It's, it doesn't affect how you serve one another. You're in charge of your own heart, aren't you? Because God says he wants your whole heart. So you're in charge of your own faith, which is your own trust. You're in charge of your own heart. You're not to let that be corrupt, get that corrupted. Let that be corrupted. You're in charge of the gospel message. And you're in charge how you love one another. You have a whole lot to be in charge of. If we take that charge for granted, what we're going to have is trouble in the church. And we're going to have a lot of false teaching. And this is exactly what Timothy's up against. Because this is what the uh, church in Ephesus was up against. There was a lot of false teachings. And that's one of the reasons why Paul is writing this letter to Timothy. This is one of the reasons why Timothy needs to stay in Ephesus. To counter some of these false teachers. You know, it's really human nature when somebody asks you to do something or be in charge. What's the first thing you think about? Well, wow, it's I'm in charge. It's all about me. You know? If you're in charge of other people, what do you want them to do? You want them to like you? You want them to acknowledge your authority? And you want them to do what you say? You really don't want them to ask a lot of questions a lot of times. You know how leaders come into leadership say, oh, you know, feel free to ask questions. But sometimes you ask questions a bunch, and the worst thing that they want you to do is ask questions like you don't really um, get their point. You don't see what they're trying to say. And they do so much talking, and they don't do a lot of time to listen. That's the way some leaders are. They come to they come to talk, but not really to listen. That's the way a lot of people like their leadership. Just I like you to have some open discussion, but in the end, it's this is the way we need to do it. So then the people in the room are going, "Well, why didn't they just tell us what to do to start with?" You know, they're not going to listen. So the people who are um, in charge want to be in charge, and the people who have to follow the directions, a lot of times they feel like the people in charge never listen anyway. And that's kind of sometimes uh, what we do too if we're in charge, like with our families or our children, our relationships. The hardest thing sometimes is to listen to what other people have to say. Or how to figure out how to lead. So, Timothy's got a lot on his plate. He's trying to be in charge of the gospel message. But he's also got to go into this uh, basically as a servant. God is in charge. So the gospel message puts us in charge of the gospel message, but the gospel message, first and foremost, acknowledges Jesus Christ 
is the gospel message. It's all about God. God has given the command of the gospel message. It's from God and Jesus Christ. It's all about what Jesus Christ has done, not what we do, not what we have done, or not what we will do. It's all about Jesus Christ. And so that's where we find Timothy. That's where we also find ourselves, our own charge. Verse 3, as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. Okay? So he, Timothy's in charge. Paul's leaving him in charge. He's in charge of trying to maintain that the gospel message is preached accurately. Okay? And so Timothy's job is to charge other persons not to teach anything different. It's the gospel message. Now, in Galatians chapter 1, let's see, verse 6, McGee points out Paul's telling the Galatians, verse 6, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Okay? So he's saying people who distort the gospel of Christ create false teachings and create false doctrines. Jesus Christ gave us this simple gospel message. It's all about trusting in Him. It's all about that. And we saw it in Thessalonians. We talk about the gospel message being spread with the work of faith, the labor of love, and the steadfast hope. The work of love is as we repent of our ways and put our faith, our trust in Him. And then we have this labor of love that's this outward expression of the gospel message. Gospel message can't spread without love. The gospel message is based on love. The gospel message is love. It's a love of God for us. The gospel message is Jesus Christ. He is the manifestation of love. He is the manifestation of God for us. It's the Steadfast hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. It's how we press on. It's how we look upward. It's all about Jesus Christ, and that's our hope. In verse 1, in First Timothy, By commandment of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. Jesus Christ is our hope. Jesus Christ lets us look to the future. We can look to the past and see what Jesus Christ did for us. We can look all around us in the present, which is all about love. It's our outward expression of love. That's our outward expression of who Jesus Christ is. It's the way we live our life. It's our labor of love. And it's our steadfast hope in the future. 
steadfast hope in the future. Our future is Christ. Death is not our future. Our future is Christ. He is our whole life. That's Christ. Look over in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. There's only one gospel, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy. Don't let anybody distort the gospel. There's only one gospel way. There's only one truth. There's no other truth other than what Jesus Christ has done. There's only one way for life, for eternal life. There's only one way to live your life. And that's by a commandment of God to be in charge, to take this charge. Live it as if by commandment of God. It's a gospel message for you. It's all about Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ, trust in Him. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 7 of John 14. If you, have, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. Jesus Christ is the representation of God on earth. There's only one way. There's only one truth. There's only one life. Jesus Christ is our life. He's our hope. It's the way we live our life going onward and upward. He's our steadfast hope. What a charge He's given to um, Timothy. What a charge He's given to us. That's the way we live our life. That's the way we live it in truth. That's the way we um, place our hope. Okay? A whole lot of information on how to be in charge right here. You're in charge of the gospel message. You're in charge of the truth of the gospel message, acknowledging that. You're in charge of what that means in your life. The gospel message, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, and peace. You're in charge of those. You're in charge of all the manifestations of what the gospel message lives out through love in your life, that labor of love. You're in charge of all of that. You're in charge of love to love one another. You're in charge of that. And you're in charge not to let anybody corrupt the gospel message that's inside of you and inside of anyone else. Now, you may not have a lot of Bible knowledge. You may not have a lot of theology. But love, love is the fulfillment of the law. So you don't have to have a lot of Bible knowledge to love one another and to live out the fruit of the Spirit. The gospel message is so simple. It's so powerful at the same time. It allows this power of God to be in anyone's hands. Anyone can take charge. Now, some people are supposed to be in charge, and that's fine. But everybody's in charge of the gospel. 
So back to 1 Timothy, as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths, endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Look at all the ways people can corrupt the gospel message. They can create a different version of it. They can say, well, you know what? Uh, you're, you know, Jesus did what he did, but to be a good Christian, if you do these three principles or if you do the three things or the four PowerPoints, you know, everybody wants to put a little spin on it. Why? Because it makes them sound like they've got it figured out. They can teach a different doctrine. Or they can devote themselves to myths. Now, there was a lot of Greek influence in this society, too. And there's a lot of myth, mythological things. Jesus said, he's the only way, the only truth. Or endless genealogies. There were some people that made their living just trying to keep charge of the genealogies and the lines and what all that does is try to put people in hierarchies or put people in in slots. You know? It just promotes speculations. You know? Could Jesus really have been important if he came from the line of Nathan, a peasant? You know, rather than the line of David? And... God did say a king was going to be coming from the line of David. Okay. And, you know, the last king, back uh, before the, or as the kingdom of Israel was fallen, was Jehoiachin. Um, Jehoiachin was a, such a lousy king. The last official king was Zedekiah, but he was a puppet king that Babylon put in power. But Jehoiachin was the last king from the line of David, you know. So the speculators would be saying, hmm, well, you know, Jehoiachin was the last king. Well, maybe there's another king that's going to be coming from the line of David because God did say uh, through the prophet Jeremiah that there was going to be another king from the line of David. You know, they're all speculating, you know, was Jesus really that king? Was Jesus really that person? Or maybe there's going to be another king after, you know, Jesus got crucified he said he was going to save us, but he really got crucified. Maybe there is going to be somebody coming back from the line of David that's actually going to actually conquer all these people, you know? Maybe that's going to be it. And they're all talking about different genealogies, you know? Of course, Nathan was from the house of David. So... The house of Nathan then produces Mary, mother of Jesus, and then Jesus does have claim to that lineage from the line of David, but he's also got a lineage from God the Father. You know, he keeps saying the Father, you know, the Father. He's claiming that a, a different lineage as well, higher than than anyone, even the line of even David's throne. So the gospel message can just get perverted, distorted when people don't want to acknowledge its simplicity. It's 
I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. So, we have this stewardship from God. It's by commandment of God. Okay? So, take it. Take your stewardship seriously. It's not just you, but you have that authority. You have a charge, a charge from God the Father to be where you are, to do what you do. You're, you're the steward of this gospel message. So just like Timothy, you're in charge too. I'm in charge too. But this stewardship is by faith. It's not by a feeling. It's by trust. McGee was reading a letter this morning about a woman considering suicide. And she wanted to know that if she believed in God, when, she, when should she feel that, that, um, that good feeling come back? When should she know that God really loves her? And she's kind of waiting on that. And McGee, McGee's answer was, I, I'm not sure it was suicide. I, I think it was maybe she was in adultery or something like that. I, I'm forgetting which, which one of those issues it was. But nevertheless, the woman was going, okay, I'm, I'm trying to put my... You know, I'm trying to, you know, believe in God again, but I'm when when will that feeling ever come back? And McGee's answer was is that, you know, God already loves you more than you'll ever realize. And you'll feel different when you when you accept that. You know. The prodigal son had to live around the pigs, but then he had to come back to the father. The father didn't go looking for him. He had to come back to the father. The father already loves him. Your faith is, is, uh, is not a feeling. Your faith has to just trust God. Trust God to love you. Trust in the fact that he loves you more than you can ever imagine. And once you have that trust, then you can live your life. It's not how you feel about God. It's that you trust in His powerful feeling about you. That's the difference. So you have a stewardship from God that's by faith. Verse 5, the aim of our charge, again, this charge being from God, is love. That's the whole aim. That issues from a pure heart and a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Okay, so so Timothy's in charge. He's been charged with a stewardship that comes from faith, that comes from trust in the gospel, message of Jesus Christ, and the trust in God of His love enough for you and me to save you. That's your hope. God our Savior and Christ our hope. It's such an interesting way that that um, Paul writes to Timothy because we usually see Jesus Christ our Savior, but he puts God our Savior and Christ our hope. It's like he is 
he's letting you know that this this uh, commandment comes from God the Father. It's the highest of the highest. Your stewardship is from God. It's ordained by God. It's given to you by Christ. So a pure heart, a good conscience, a sincere faith, and love. And that's how we that's how we stay in charge. That's how we lead others. We can't lead anybody if our heart's not pure. We cannot the gospel message to receive the gospel message is a pure heart. God wants your whole heart. And the conscience is a good conscience. You have to feel right about what you're doing in and of yourself. But when you have a pure heart, you can sort of have that good conscience about what you do. If you feel like, oh, you know, whatever's right for you is right for you, and whatever's right for me is right for me, and my conscience is clear, so I'm going to do what I want to do, you know? A little bit of sin's okay for you, a little bit of sin's okay for, you know, that kind of thing. That's not a pure heart. God has to have a pure heart for those who follow His Word. And that's His way, His truth, and His life. So we have to have a pure heart for this gospel charge. And that pure heart will produce that good conscience and a sincere faith, a sincere trust. It's sincere faith in God the Father. It's a sincere faith in, in what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's faith in Christ and nothing else. It's faith, it's trust that Jesus Christ has died for, for us and rose from the dead so that we will have life through Him. It's faith in Christ and nothing else. That's the gospel message. When you go around and talk about the gospel message, you can say, do you believe in Christ? That's different than saying, do you have faith in Christ? You know, and the, the Bible's made the point, even the demons believe in Christ. That doesn't mean you have faith in Christ. You can believe that, okay, I think they probably put him to death and he may have rose from the dead, you know. I've, I've seen a lot of signs and wonders. He, pray, he probably did raise from the dead. I believe he probably happened. But if you don't place your faith in Christ, that's your trust in Christ with your life to raise you from the dead. You haven't really accepted the gospel with a pure heart. So I hope this was helpful uh, as we end here. Uh, amazing study of of being in charge of the gospel message, being a steward of the gospel message and what that means and what that um, feels like. 
Um, so I hope uh, we'll continue. Uh, this sounds like a great study. I'm really excited to go through this study with you. Um, from now, I'll turn the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Can't wait to listen to what your take is from this powerful study today. So for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time and keep your hearts centered on Christ.